The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Paul. He's Ronnie. And although a Scotland win was a nice distraction yesterday, one of us certainly added to their hobbycraft loyalty points. But we're back to business on Saturday as we face the Rangers before another three massive games before the split happens. Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Scotland win, international terrors, season tickets, the loan report, the women's team, the academy, QA Trust, Who Am I, On This Day with the Arab Archive, and Campbell Finlayson is our special guest. It's all coming up on episode 187 of the Dude Fox podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Bowman, and welcome to the Dode Fox podcast. You better be listening. So welcome back to the award-winning Dude Fox podcast with the Where Is Your Lady Thing Asking, Paul McNichol, and Hey Hey Baby, Ronnie Costello. I believe there might be a Sunday confession coming up. No, there's Talk no. Talk to me, Mr. McNichol. No, no, I don't know. There is I mean, people is a... with a diver's helmet and a map that couldn't find the Lady Thing. Talk to us about your problems. Uh, we are all friends here. I, I, I think you're referring to... Uh, a very innocent throwaway question that was asked last night as I was uh, as I was sitting on Naked. the opposite couch from my my lady friend, and she used to have like a wee ornament of a ladybug or a ladybird, whatever you call these things. So I hadn't seen it, and it just jumped in my head. I was like, "What's that? What's your lady thing that you used to?" And that was it. Was it? Mm. Ah, so I was clearly outed as somebody that doesn't have a clue what a lady thing is, and that's. Probably we be accurate as well, but that's fine. <laughs> that's it's all good with me. It's Put it good. this way: the videos you watch online, it's not as easy as that, right? <laughs> uh, and already, I noticed people were in the comments saying, "We need an explanation on Monday's episode. We need, we need to get <laughs> what's going on here." You know, so do I. Some people even Send thought. Them up. Some people even said you should be single for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm amazed. I'm no in fairness. So. You know, every day is a bonus. <laughs> oh, nice Sunday <laughs> confession there. Anyway, no match uh, for uh, United this week, but um, it wasn't the it wasn't the greatest overall game, but uh, a good three points for Scotland this weekend. Uh, they they done all right, didn't they? Uh, it was a game that they had to win, uh, especially with the group that they're in, because there's not going to be too many. Not that it was an easy victory, but there's not going to be too many easy games in that group. So yeah, Cyprus at home first game. You've got to be taking three points, and they did so. Fair play, yeah. And uh, Spain this Tuesday, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna gonna be going to that one. Looking forward to that. Uh, uh, CNA Spain this weekend. Nah, I saw the goals. Like it was on in the background. I was watching something on Netflix as always when United are in the play, and that's my go-to. Uh, I mean, they've had quite a big change in personnel, haven't they? Since the since the Euros, so or was it the World Cup? Sorry, since the World Cup. Yeah. So, so we'll see. You, you never know. Like you, you might catch them early on in, in this new era that they're they're about to undertake. So, ah, fingers crossed that I reckon Scotland can get something. Like mm. never say never. Yeah, yeah, and it's a massive. It's for the Euros are in Germany next year. Is that right? I've got absolutely no idea. I think they are. Pretty sure they are. But no, it was a good uh, a good start to the campaign. Let's say you went three 0 and you're no great. I think that's all right. You know what I mean? You take it. Yeah, you take it. Absolutely. 
absolutely take it as well. And I thought the goals were really well taken. Um, but yeah, good victory for them. Obviously, United have uh, six players away with their international teams. I've seen that as his beach uh, was an action for Australia. Uh, Niskanen's away with Finland. Jim McGrath, I'm pretty sure he was playing for Republic Ireland the other day. Because this is the thing with the international breaks. Because the games, I, I like it and I hate it. Because the games are staggered, there's games every day. Because yeah. of the way they stagger them. Uh, because obviously um, Scotland were Saturday, Tuesday, but some teams were, you know, at Friday and Monday and all that kind of stuff. So trying to keep up with it's been, been really interesting. And I saw on, uh, saw on the Instagram story, Jack Newman just laying by the pool um, on under 21 duty. So uh, take the rest in recovery uh, when you can get it's it. It's a hard life. It must be. It must be a tough life. But uh, again, all the best of luck to everyone who is uh, representing the country uh, this international break. Um, one thing that did come out last week, uh, Paul, well, there's two things that we'll, uh, we can jump on. Uh, one of them is your, uh, one of your season ticket benefits is mm-hmm. now being uh, cashed in. Uh, what I think must be the next international break, is it? Or is it, uh, no, it's the, it's the Scottish Cup semi-final. Semi-final, yeah, which yeah. we're not part of. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, an open training session which was mm-hmm. part of your season ticket for, uh, well, this season. That's probably what I'm getting. Yeah. At, so. Yeah. What do you What do you think of that, Rondo? What do you th- Are you working actually? Are you working at it? Because well, there's no need some buffoon with a microphone in his hand, and I think you fit the bill. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, it's an open training session. I don't know why I would need to be that. No, but, but you could you could train on your craft as well because there's a few <laughs> rough edges that maybe need polished a bit. Right. Listen, Jim. Double tens <laughs> is exactly what we need. He'll right? elbow you right in the nose. See, see that, see that thing we're doing when we're done. I block the cross. Maybe block the cross. <laughs> see them boys uh, in the yellow bibs. They're on your team. Maybe pass the bar to them. And see yeah. that, see that big rectangle thing with the netting behind it. Try and stick the bar in that. And see uh, the other end. Try and not let the bar go in that end. Simple, no? That's uh, really is that simple. I don't know. I don't know why we're so bad at it. Yeah. So, um, so that's going to happen. That was announced this week, 29th of April, uh, half past ten start as well. I mean, they must be going to learn. Um, for, is that a Saturday or a Sunday, Rondo? Uh, Saturday, the 29th Saturday. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, it, it's 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 strange. It's strange to me that it's it's when it is um, because well, these things. Well, I think the thing is they're running out of time. So exactly, yeah, they're usually at the start of the season, and it's like maybe they've heard people complaining about the fact that there's a few benefits that you're not getting anymore, mm. and they've thought, right, Christ, well, we do have a free weekend, so we'll have this this training day, this yeah. open training session for the mainly for the young fans to go along and see it up close and personal. And boys that are six foot six might be there looking for photos with some of the current players and and stuff like that. Right. So. Fair play, but it does seem like it's just been thrown together. And I see the 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 friend for free match ticket is uh, hasn't been done yet, but I'm not surprised that's been held after the split. To really, that's fine, uh, yeah. Get a load. If, of we, if we're in that. the mix, if we're in the mix for staying up, whatever fills the stadium, adding it personally, let people in for free. Adding a care, just fill the stadium with United fans. Yeah, create an atmosphere. Uh, and on the back of that being a current benefit to your season tickets, season tickets for next season have been announced. Now, I will obviously be open and honest and say I don't really know much, obviously, about the pricing and stuff because I don't get one. Um, mm-hmm. But I do read through sort of the information and stuff. So, and I've not had a pre-conversation with us about this or anything. 
how is it for you? Where does it stand? What are you getting for your money? Have you renewed already? Talk to us. Yeah, well, I, I mine is actually cheaper because I renewed. I've been renewing since the start of this current season. I always buy it a year in advance, and when you do that, you get it at the previous season's price. So I think I think it was. I'm sure I'm like thirty two fifty a month for ten months. So it must have been three hundred twenty five quid. So good math. If I hadn't. Uh, uh, quick maths. So if I hadn't have done that, it would have been £339 for me to renew uh, before the end of April, mm. which again, I, th- I mean, that you're still, you've still got loads of games to go mm-hmm. this season. I don't know, I don't know why that's the renewal or the loyalty or the early bird period. Like, I, I feel like it probably should go a wee bit further than that, personally, but there'll be a reason it doesn't. Uh, what that reason is, I have no idea. But, I saw some people saying, oh, I, can't, I can't believe that you've, you've put the prices up, but like the, the prices on has went up, Rondo. Mm, yes. Like, and, and United are not immune to that, you know. Just Christ, electricity and gas alone, you know, everything has went up this year. So for United to, to put the prices up, it wasn't unexpected. And uh, for them to only go up, I think it's 5%, maybe 10% at most. Again, like if people if people can afford it, fantastic. If they can't, then they can't. It's it's just one of the things. But I'm no I'm no mad about the wee price increase. Mine's I'll I'll, I'll hopefully be able to pay mine up again a year in advance. And if I do, I'll get it for three hundred and thirty nine pound. So yeah, I would recommend if United are still offering that facility, if you can afford it, I would recommend people doing that because you get your ticket cheaper the following season yeah the scene that they said about the price increase um, is you know less than 5% across the the majority of categories but there's been a 66% rise in match the operational cost and I'm assuming that includes things like VAR which is obviously a sticky point on this podcast I'll be be your rates your VAR Mm. your Stadium announcers, new contracts. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be all these things. It'll be all these things. That hopeless boy has been there 10 years and you can get a testimonial. Didn't even get a, <laughs> that, that guy. That didn't guy, get a yeah, well done. Well. I nearly just got a fuck off right enough, but there I mean, we go. He doesn't deserve a well done. I thought he's not had that well done. <laughs> and obviously there's, there's a caveat in there that if um, we do not retain our premiership status, there'll be a rebate. Uh, in the form of credit, which can be used uh, across the club. Now, it's a 10% rebate. Now, I'm not saying it's a full strip, eh, but it might be something that can help, given you, you've been very open and honest how much strips in that cost. Uh, but you are getting free shirt printing now when you buy a full kit. I mean, that's going to save you, I don't know, forever, tenner, yeah. something like that. Yeah, know. it's again, it's a, it's a benefit. It's no, well, I was waiting to say, it's not something that directly affects me. I suppose it does. Well, like it does. Man, like, well the wee man, yeah, but I was thinking of myself. Like Selfishly, I was thinking, I'd done a... I done a cut about we leave at nineteen on my back or, or whatever. But Leo, Leo, I missed sixty nine. Uh, oh, certainly not that. No, no, because then I can't the lady thing. There's no point in that. Uh, but the Burns, they are like a name and a number yeah. on the back of their jerseys these days. Do this, so no, nah, it's it's a nice wee, it's a nice wee touch, a nice wee benefit for the season tickets. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think it's one of them. It's a uh, it's a real challenging period um, for the club, obviously, and. Uh, I'm a really, are we surprised they're out now? Probably not, really. March, April time. I know some clubs have no, let them out longer. So, I know, I know. My my only my only issue with it is like the the early bird or the renewal period ends like on the thirtieth of April. When can we're, we're still not going to can 
Because a lot of boys will be put off. If United get relegated, a lot of boys will be put off We'll get a season ticket. That's just that's just the way it goes. Like if we've sold 6,000 season tickets this season, if we are to start life next season in the championship, I'll bet both my bollocks that we're going to have 6,000 season ticket holders. Mm. Mm. Surprised you've still got to our bollocks after that last night. And well, um, they are. <laughs> <laughs> in your hand. The renewal period, uh, you said something really bad. I've changed that right in the last minute. 24th of March to the 30th of April, the discount period is the 3rd of May to the 2nd of July, and then it's full price from the 7th. Obviously, it's always a case of buy as soon as you can, but you're right. Um, by the 30th April, you know, we'll still be oh, good. Still games to play. Still got plenty the games. Of the bottom six fixtures to play. Of course, uh, of then, course. So well. it's yeah, it's stretching. It's stretching the word loyalty. Yes, when you don't really can what league you're going to be in. In my opinion, but all the details are online. DundeeUnitedFC.co.uk. Uh, next up, of course, is a trip to face the Rangers on Saturday, which. It's never the easiest place to go. I think uh, at the very least, if we can get a bit of fight, a bit of dig, the efforts that we've been showing recently, you know, and if you get anything, it's an absolute added bonus. There's, of course. You know, of you, course. You can't go there in fear. I think we've shown when we've played them, we've done okay. We've put ourselves about well enough. No done enough to win any games, uh, apart from the, the game at Tanadice last year and uh, when Liam Smith scored uh, at Tanadice. But there, you know, we've had the kids there, we've had uh, COVID games there, we've had uh, obviously the incident at the start of earlier on this season, which again, for memory, I don't know if we were bad that week. Oh, no, we were terrible. We lost two bad goals that day, didn't we? Ibrox earlier on the season. Well, Harks fell asleep when somebody passed the bottom and Tavernier took it off him. And then the second goal was just a cross that we didn't cut out. I rolled along the deck and the boy, I think it was Cholak that scored both goals Yeah, that day. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's to be expected. Like for next week, there's there's no free hits and like anything, especially in our position, and anything can happen in a game of football. But if, if I'm being completely honest, like I have no expectations next week. Just like go there, do your best. Do not get absolutely annihilated. And if you can nick a point, all the better. If you can steal a win, geese it. <laughs> geese it right now. Uh, so yeah, that is uh, next week. And then it's three left to play after that before the split. Uh, even though it's been international uh, break, uh, there are still loan reports, academy and women's team information to give us, Paul. There is, yeah, but there's no, there's no much in the way of the loans. So obviously, Tony Watts and Mum, he's been selling his new gym or whatever the hell he's doing on his social media. So he didn't hear game. Declan Glass at Cove. It was a Friday night down in air for Declan this week. His team got pumped three 0 and again he was an unused sub. Chris Mochrie at Dunfermline. Young Chris would travel with his five teammates to the Sean Dillon Arena on Saturday, but he'd be an unused sub as his side comfortably defeated Montrose 3-1. Leighton Bisland at Peterhead. After missing his side's 7-0 defeat last week, Leighton would get the full 90 minutes this week when Aloha visited Balmour. He picked up so far as they struggled to deal with the new league leaders. Stilling broke the deadlock in the 70th minute through a Ross Magici header and Dale Carrick doubled their lead eight minutes later. Flynn Duffy looked good for Stirling but didn't have much to do due to Forfar being very poor. 
Saturday, they fought for were away to Stenhouse Muir and both started again. Adam playing the full 90 minutes while Finn was taken off after 68. The first half performance from the pair wasn't great. Stenhouse Muir scored after 10 minutes following sloppy play from Hutchison's defensive partner. Forfar equalised just after half-time through former Arab Craig Slater and despite a number of chances, they couldn't find a winner. Both players improved after half-time. However, when Finn was subbed in 68 minutes, it was because they were looking for more attacking threats. As for Dan Watson, as uh, you sent me through the week, Rondo, it looks like he's got a hairline fracture of one of his legs. So uh, whether or not he comes back this season, who knows. Flynn Duffy at Stirling Albion. It was another start for Flynn this Saturday past as Dumbarton came to fourth bank. He'd get 66 minutes this week as his side drew two all. It was a top-of-the-table clash and the stalemate keeps Stirling two points clear in the race for the title. Rory Adams at Galaferradine Rovers. Can I report on any game for Big Rory this week as his game hasn't been played yet? As we are recording this today, the big guy is in action against Flynn Rose in the East of Scotland Cup final. Good luck to him. New game for Jacob Comerford. Logan Chalmers at Tranmere Rovers. Logan and his side travelled down to Colchester on Saturday and the Mickey Mellonless side would draw one all. As for Logan himself, he got off the bench in injury time. Absolutely pointless, Rondo. Carly Han Eriksson at North Shelland. On the bench last week, never got on. This weekend, he's in the finish squad. The B team, or the reserve team. The reserves headed to Glasgow last midweek to play Queen's Park in the Reserve League. It was a fairly strong side that took the field and when they, and they would grab the lead in the 30th minute. Jacob Comerford got on the end of a Kujo corner and his header crashed off the bar. He then had another go at the rebound before Ross Graham stepped in to smash the ball home. That's the way it would stay until half-time. United would start the second half by pinning the Ouija's back and creating a number of chances. They'd get their just rewards on the hour mark when Declan Glass robbed a Queen's Park player 25 yards from their goal before pinging a raker into the postage stamp to double the lead. Just two minutes after that screamer, though, Queen's Park reduced the deficit by, by one of their strikers rising highest at a corner. Just five minutes after that, the ever-tricky Miller Thompson tied his man in knots and ended up winning a penalty. He'd get up, dust himself down and hammer it home. Of course, being United... It was no surprise that then, just two minutes later, Queen's again clawed one back, this time from the penalty spot. After that, though, it was easy street. Kujo skinned five players before passing the ball past the keeper to make it four, and then he'd again create an opportunity for Miller-Thompson to add the fifth on the day. A brawl win. The women's team. Nothing to report this week as we are recording the, the episode before the ladies' game kicks off, but they are back in action against Spartans later on today. Mon the women. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, nothing to report of the walking football teams this week, but a reminder the Sunday session is at the Heart Ground from 9.30 to 11 o'clock in the morning, and the Wednesday se- uh, session is at the Change Centre on South Road on a uh, between 7 and 8 o'clock. If you want to get more details, dundirectedct.co.uk and if you want to join the Supporters Foundation or indeed get any more information on it you can head to their website which is dusf.scot So after uh, last week's Stevie Banks Rage (laughs) 
So I listened to the episode on Friday when I was going up to Aberdeen for work. And I made a point of scanning, making sure I could listen to these clues again. Uh-huh. And the actual lost in my voice, like, no having a clue. And even listening back, I thought, nah, I didn't miss anything. There wasn't a clue that I didn't hear right at the time or anything. I just had an absolute shitemare. And it was brutal. But I'm a point ahead which means, Paul, you will likely go four points ahead today. <laughs> I love your optimism, Rondo. I love it. See, um, <laughs> so Stevie Banks. I mean, the fact he's got three Scottish Cup winners medals. Somebody pulled me up and like, come on, he only played five games. I was like, that's he averaged more than a game a season. What more medal you won? Jeez. And you wonder how people are pulling you up. <laughs> uh, anyway. anyway, come on, let's let's do it. I'm Ari. feeling confident before you ask. Yes, I'm gonna get five points at there on. Oh right, okay, right. Okay. Here we go. Clue number one. Here we go. This Scotsman. Oh, okay. So he's born in England. <laughs> this Scotsman is 534th on the all-time appearance list for Dundee United. <laughs> what, what kind of clue is that? I've told you. It's nationality and oh, where he is on our appearance uh, list. I'm not sure what else you're looking for. <laughs> I mean, just for clarity, was that... 534th or 554th? Because <laughs> it matters. 534th. Not a job, really. And 34th. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Well, so he's not played many games. A Scotsman that's not played now, many games. What is your interpretation of the phrase, no played many games? Because I will point you to last week if that's what oh, you're he didn't, no, no, granted, he didn't play many games. Uh, Wah Amma. <laughs> 534th. Yes. No, no, that matters because that's. I mean, your time ran out a while ago right. here. Sorry, Stephen McConnellog. Stephen McConnellog? That's a decent shout, that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have though. <laughs> right, so Stephen McConnellog. <laughs> Clue number two. The Scotsman, remember, <laughs> has the same amount of appearances. As Young Erch and also oh, Lewis Zwick, but he's played less times for United than Tam Scobie, but he's played more than Fraser Erd. These are a new level or oh, dreadful. I don't think they are. <laughs> I'm giving you factual information of who a this Scotsman. player could be, but you've not. But you've not even said. How many games? Yeah, he's played less than that. That's true. He's played less than Davy Neri, and he's played more than Stevie Banks. Essentially, that's what you're telling us. Listen, and he's a Scotsman. Same games as Young Erch and Lewis Vick. Mm. Right. Well, let, let me think then. Lewis Vick must have played about half a season, so twenty thirty games. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I think you'll get on the next clue anyway. 
Clue number three. Uh, Are you ready for this? Is this is the beezer? This is the right. beezer, right? Uh. <laughs> His twenty-three appearances. Oh, there we go. Were made up of five starts and eighteen as a sub. He scored two mm. goals. One of them versus Hamilton, one versus Ayr, both of which were in 2002. Oh, 2002. So his 23 appearances made up of five starts and 18 as a sub. He scored two I had two a name goals. as well, but it's clearly not what I was thinking. <laughs> what were you thinking? James Keatons. All right, okay. But it's no him. He, he, I'll tell you now. He is very close to the that appearance number and place on the list. Five hundred thirty-four. That doesn't help though. <laughs> so he's got two goals: one versus Hamlin, one versus Air. Both of them in two thousand and two. Shoot you in clue now. Eh? I mean, it's, it's written for you. I've written. I've given you the answer. Two. Give you the answer. <laughs> He should be on the stage, Ronda. One man, comedian. Uh, I've absolutely. No idea. Eh? Can't it be two thousand two. Scottish. I'm Paul Walker. But Paul I don't even Walker. think he played that many games. It's not Paul no. Walker. Clue number four, which would still give you the lead with two mm. points. But by a point, we get two points for us. Mm-hmm. This Scotsman, who's 534th in the all-time leader, played 23 times for United, scored twice, 2002. He also played for Annan Athletic, Air United, Dumbarton, Forfar Athletic, Hamilton, Livingston, and Ross County. Annan, Ayr, Dumbarton, Farfar, Hamilton, Livy, Ross County. 23 appearances, 2 goals, both of which in 2002. I think. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get a total extra clue. Both of these goals were scored in the Scottish Cup. Doesn't help you, but I'm just telling you. Nah, I, I, that we that we extra clue is like oh, the other clues. They didn't help us really. Uh, I've, I've I've no idea, Rondo. I can't think of anybody. Right, we're going to the final clue. We to, are to, to we get are. level again. Come on, Monedra. Would you like a recap, or are you just wanting the final clue? Nah, n- there's no need for a recap. You've be- you've given us nothing, so just continue. Wow. wow. <laughs> Wow. He's played 23 times. He scored oh. two goals. He's played for Abdi. 2002. He signed That's... for Ross County along with mm. Jamie McConney in June 2003 with Tony Bullock moving to United in the opposite direction. I do have an extra bit to add on to this because it is the final clue. Unless, have you got a name? You just need to say yes or no. I don't need the name because I'm going to want to give you the final bit of the clue. Uh, 
But right now, you would you would yeah. commit, right? Okay, I would. Mean, right, I would commit. Yeah, right. Because okay. I'm here. I just didn't even give the other bit. <laughs> I think he's got a brother. That's what I'll say. I think he's got a brother. So then it gives the end of your clue. Okay. Right. Uh, I think. I think it is Robbie Winter's wee brother, David. Correct. Derek. David Winters. David Winters. Your extra clue with the extra add-on was his brother was a much better player and involved in probably United's best ever transfer deal. Yeah, right. Christ almighty, man. David, is that is that what we're doing now? David <laughs> Winters. He played, he played well on Stevie Banks. I know, I know. But Stevie Banks won three Scottish Cup medals. <laughs> <laughs> None of which for United. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... It's any of them. Like I, I remember, I remember more about that deal than any of his performances. Yes, yeah, for United. Yeah. Oh well, David Winters. Yeah. So signed by Tom, level with you. Signed by Tommy McLean and played under obviously uh, E. McCall. That would have been yeah. And he was ditched up up to Dingwall with uh, podcast pal Jamie McCurry. Yeah, the other teams though. I couldn't. I couldn't remember that. Hey ho. So on this day still to come, first though, it's time for this week's special guest and episode 187 brings us another fan guest of the season and being a Sunday we're recording the full Sunday name is out, Campbell Finlayson. How are you, sir? I'm not too bad at all, Ronnie. Um, I didn't realise that Paul has only now just learned my name. <laughs> that's, that's another story. But that's so. all right, lad. I don't I don't know Pelly's hell name. I don't know Neymar's hell name. You're Campbell, and that's that's the way I'm happy with you. That's all you need to know. Yes. So, would you like Campbell or Campbell? How would you like to be referred to? It sounds the same when you say it. Really, that's the only reason I go with that, just because it's easier for folk to pronounce. So, yeah, if you fancy. I mean, I think I think Paul probably worked out there was a Campbell in there, but I'm not sure if he knew it was I, surname. I would have put that name. as the surname. I would have put that as the surname. I've had that in my whole life. It's always on. That's a surname, but I know it is. Leave my mum. Right. So uh, it's always good to get fun guests on. We always get a different perspective as well. I was just saying it before we hit record that I actually think you might be our youngest fun guest we've gone. So we could, it could be an interesting conversation. You know, I may have to remind Paul of some of the stuff that we're about to speak about because that was quite recent stuff and he likes to be back in 80s, 90s, 70s, whenever it was. Loads of great memories. So you get a total different perspective on this, which could be really interesting. Firstly, I think a lot of people might have noticed that's not a Dundonian accent. So what's the story? I've had a pound for every time I've been asked this question, Ronnie. (laughs) Honestly, it'd be amazing. Um, So my dad... As he's to blame for me supporting United, really. He was born himself in Glasgow, but had moved to Dundee um, in the primary school age and kind of grew up here. And then 70s and 80s, watching, obviously, United at the time were better, we still are better than Dundee, but was kind of United with the team that he ended up going with, and it's been stuck for there. So he moved back to Glasgow, um, met my mum there, and then from there, I was simply just brought up supporting who my father supported. So Patrick Thistle were my local team, um, and obviously, I grew up with Celtic Rangers, but I managed to avoid all of that and was up and down to Tannadice most weeks. My grand still stays in Dundee um, and that's currently where I've been staying as well for the last year since moving up um, last January. So I don't sound Dundonian, but I'm united through and through, unfortunately, sometimes, but especially this season. But no, it's it's been good and um, it's a question, let's say, I get asked all the time. Um, ever since I've started coming to games, home and away in pubs, folk hear the accent, well, that's not for there, but um, 
no, through my dad, and he's the man to blame. What, what's it like? What's it like growing up there as a United fan compared to not following the two arse cheeks or you like to say Partick's your local team and stuff like that? What what is it like? Um, I mean, it's strange. And school was kind of a strange mix because we had there was a few Hibs fans. There was Stirling Albion again, Partick. This there was some real weird teams with some Barton fan in there as well. Um, so yeah, there wasn't it wasn't just me. But it's you're used to everyone always being Rangers and Celtic, obviously. So especially what went on with Rangers and United all those years ago when they were still Rangers, I suppose, or whatever you want to call them these days. But back when that was happening, um, it was obviously a wee bit different again with folk was oh, United and maybe not a fan of the team. But I never had a problem getting on with folk, I think. Like, again, people just can accept whatever was the case. Um, of who you were supporting there, you still get the question about who do you prefer, Celtic or Rangers, as we all get when you're even on holidays and things when folk here you are from Scotland. So it's that's some big frustration, but you just have to keep repeating that you don't really like Rangers or Celtic. So it's been fine, it was different, but again, it's not something that you really had a problem with. You just kind of got on with it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm up here, and when you say you support United, it's not a question you get asked. So it's it's been good to just avoid that again. Once I've um, moved up to Dundee. Yeah. What would your uh, yeah. what kind of things would your dad tell you about Bet United? Like how was he sort of no forcing it to you, but what, what kind of things would he tell you? Not much in all honesty. Um I mean he was at the, the Golf and Bird games back in, in eighty seven, obviously when United were doing really well there. I mean you a bit of a far cry from that now, but I mean you just kinda got engrossed in it from taking I mean as he took me in the first game back in two thousand and four. And then you were from there and had season tickets quite young as well. So you were going each week anyway. So actually just being there, I mean, you can't be actually getting to a game. So kind of walking into Tannadice, obviously, and seeing it each week, that in itself was enough for me to be like, right, that's kind of the team you're sticking with. And obviously, he could have obviously just kind of let me support whoever. And it wasn't, wasn't forced upon us. But when you're hearing about how good United had been kind of back in those days, obviously, well before I was even thought of, um, to now it was, it's been good just kind of growing up with that. So... Getting to games, I think, as I say, because it was so early, that was the main difference there. But again, hearing just how, how good they were and seeing that he'd been away on his trips to Sweden and things. Obviously, my first European trip was only last year, but it was something that obviously you'd seen them, maybe not the same team as we were back then. But the thought of getting back into Europe and things again, it was something that you wanted to go and do and nobody would follow in his footsteps. Maybe not to the same to the same level, obviously, of, of the game, but it was still nice kind of to hear how good United had been and, and why he'd supported them kind of growing up as a boy himself. Where, where about in Tannadice did he sit then when he took you to your first games? So, first game was a friendly and I think they only had the Eddie Thompson lower open. So I sat in there, but we had season tickets for four or five years in the upper tier of the Eddie Thompson there. And he and mm-hmm. Pat has from when we grew up in Dundee, him and his son went as well. So we kind of, we sat with them. Um, and then we had one season, I think it was 2010-11 maybe, we were in the George Fox before um, we kind of gave up season tickets because I was playing football on Saturday mornings and the games obviously been moved for, for TV and on Sundays and things it was tougher to then get up and down to, to Dundee all the time as well so Eddie Thompson upper to begin with George Fox for the season and then since I've been back I'm now Eddie Thompson lower so it's kind of been all around really Nice and now you sit with your madman Aye <laughs> <laughs> He's right under that bus <laughs> What was your first game then? First game was a pre-season friendly in 2004. Um, we beat Den Haag from Holland 4-2. Um, and I say, like I said before we recorded there, I kind of had one memory of just a, a slight vision of the game. And you had been there, but I haven't looked it up. I had to kind of find out what happened. But um, looking at the scorers and things as well, some some names obviously <laughs> that are that older now. But um, no, United won 4-2 and a sunny summer afternoon in Scotland. Kind of 
got me involved in United, I suppose. So there, um, and then it's just kind of went on from that. So obviously, a friendly's kind of a good game to get. I mean, there's only four, so it's not like I've got the best memory of it, but probably the best game to sort of get your kid into, into going to football games, I think. Um, I've got the lineup in front of me, Paul, of this first game. I remember game. that game. I've got so no memory of that game. I'll give you the team. Right. Being the eldest of this wee chat we're having, you could tell us what mm-hmm. you really think. Tony okay. Bullock. Nah, he was all right. Mark Wilson. He was he was good back then. He was certainly good, yeah. Alan Archibald. Steady Eddie. David McCracken. Stinking. Absolutely red rotten. Chris Innes. I want to be hard, man. Pound a fee for him. Mark Kerr. Good player, but obviously <laughs> he's remembered for all the wrong reasons. Derek McInnes. He was on a hefty wage. Oh, uh, scored one world in class. <laughs> Andy McLaren. Legend. Barry Robson. An angry man with elbows. Billy Dodds. He was a very good player back then for us, huh? James Grady. Arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> but we won 4-2. Chris Innes opened, well, got us back on level terms. Uh, Mark Kerr, James Grady, and our for Billy Dodds uh, that day as well. I mean, even you're looking at that. I remember going sort of back then as well that, I mean, Ian McCall, I'm not sure how long he'd been in the job, but, you know, he was bringing in players that, you know, are calling Samuel and stuff that, on the face of it, should have been really, really exciting players. And he was trying to play talent football, which when you're a kid and you're coming up to watch games, it should be an easier watch. But let's say, Campbell, you've said you, you were really young then. What season would it be that you got, it kind of maybe the most memories in that you've maybe got then? Probably looking kind of 07, 08 or 08, 09, um, kind of getting to around those, for that Rangers Cup final, obviously. But um, players like kind of, Christian Calvinez is the first name that comes to mind every time I think of that season. Um, with a game we played Rangers at, at Tannadice, we drew three all and he'd scored in it. And I remember for that, I had to write a thing for school about whatever you were doing over the weekend. And of course, that was a pretty exciting one tonight. So that yeah. season sort of comes in. Um, I don't know if you're looking at the 10 and 6 thing you've got on to later on as well. Was it the Masters football that season as well? Obviously, yeah. some of the was at Brayhead before they get rid of that. So those kind of things were stuck in. But again, it's only kind of the odd game that you're kind of remembering um, and then obviously getting towards the cup winning season you're kind of getting to be a wee bit older and beginning to remember things but kind of bits and bobs from 07, 08 probably kind of onwards was the meantime um, there's a few cup final defeats between that as end game and us eventually winning it that all come to mind unfortunately that obviously being in Glasgow Hampton it was easy enough to get to but never really a good place to be as a United fan back then but no. a lot better eventually no, and that, yeah, um, definitely, definitely some good memories, but some bad ones at Hamden as well. Well, that three-all game that you've just mentioned uh, against Rangers, yet another Scotland. Uh, Jason Scotland scored. No, no, no. That was a it was a Levine team, um, and it was another uh, short pass back this time by Willow Flood to oh, make it three-all. Of Chris, course, Chris Boyd scored. Of course, he did uh, to make it three-all. <laughs> but um, yeah, again, Christian Calvinist, he scored that day. He was. We we spoke to him about that goal. I'm pretty sure when we were doing our research before speaking to him, I went back and watched that and he scored it all of about two inches out, I'm sure. 
Mm-hmm. I think Man, he was on oh. the line. <laughs> Noel Hunt scored, and I bet he hated scoring against Rangers. But he hated oh, it. That would have been horrendous for him. <laughs> crossing himself or anything, it would have been class. <laughs> uh, but again, good good times under that. I mean, I take it then, obviously, you start watching us under Ian McCall, which is always interesting. You've got the uh, the Craig Brewster thing, and then oh, under Craig Levine, and, and that is that then really when you're getting more and more into it, leading towards sort of that cup final in 2010, stuff like that? Yeah, it would have been. Um, again, it was a lot of games against Rangers, weirdly enough. Um, I, I went to games when Levine was there with another three all at Ibrox where Kevin Thompson scored deep into stuff. It's time to, to do that. And I was with a friend for school who was a Rangers fan, him and his dad, and was, of course, sat in the Rangers end, haven't they? Pretend to be happy at United conceding in the last minute. And then, again, a pal of my dad said two spare season tickets. He was on holiday. And we ended up at Highbridge for that game where Levine lost the plot because if the decision was going against United. So it was kind of... Levine time was when you first... Kind of, remembering more things, um, kind of the defeat to Celtic a few years before was there as well, another one that's in my mind. But... It was kind of when he was there that was a support to kind of getting into going to games um, more often. And then I, mean, I had season tickets by that point. And again, you're obviously watching a fairly decent United team compared to what you had had maybe under the McCall's. It wasn't, wasn't the best football to watch, even as a young kid. But I was Levine kind of going on and then obviously he led into to Houston and, and on from there. So that's kind of the main the main time when it comes that you think these are the first kind of league games I remember and actually being at Tannadice week in, week out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've said it many times, but the, the, that Mike McCurry game's a disgrace. An mm. absolute disgrace. Didn't even hide it that day, did they? No, no, no. I mean, it was just, just you know, there, there was no, uh, I mean, and here, I remember watching the interview of it, and then obviously hearing film about it, it's just, it was incredible. You know, and I, I, an absolute disgrace. I mean, referees get a lot of stick now, but I mean, mm. that was just cheating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's probably, that's probably the best way to put it. Um, we, we always like to obviously cover some ground, and yours might be quite interesting here. What was your first strip, and what was your favourite strip? So my first strip was that, um, I think it was 04 05 season again, it was a morning and morning, a night one. I think it was the last year we had TFG as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. I still got mm-hmm. it actually in the house, but very small now, obviously, but it's um, a very shiny kit for some reason. Mm-hmm. When you look, that's the first one that I had there, and then we wore the one against Celtic that year in the cup final with the kind of black sleeves and things. Yeah. Um, so I had the two of those kind of in the same time. So the first trip was that shiny <coughs> one. Um, I like the cup final kit, but again, it just brings back losing to Celtic, and then obviously we wore it in Europe the next season. Was it Mupa, my part of the call? <laughs> yes, it was. Another well, game. What do you that, think, what do you think about wearing, like bringing out a strip for a cup final? It's always dodgy, I think, because if you get bit. That's what you associate that bloody strip with, and then you start wearing it the next season in the European game, for example. And then, uh, my part, I can't believe that they beat us. I can't, well, they didn't. They drew, didn't they? But my God, any of the worst teams I've ever seen at Tannadice. Horrendous, horrendous. I actually forgot about that cup final. Brutal. I actually forgot about that Scottish cup final. Alan Thompson scored yeah. really early. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Archibald hit the bar, for an absolute raker, or it was just over the bar right at the end of the game as well. Yeah. No, we're never going to be Celtic, we're we? not in Glasgow. No, anyway. <laughs> no, no. Um, if that's your first strip, what's your favourite? Favourite strip? Um, the year we won the championship, that was just a really all-round good strip. The, the home one that year, it's kind of, when you look, even just the finer details of it, it's kind of two shades of tangerine almost. 
Um, that was just a really nice kit, and like we had some, it'd been kind of alright. I think sometimes United are guilty of trying too much with a strip and just make a mess of it. See the brown sleeves, for example. But um, I liked that one. That was one probably my favourite one there. It just looked really, really good, and it was just just nice to call them things on it. It was just a very good strip all round. Couldn't really beat it. Aye, uh, stick with the basics. That's what we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite happy. Easy. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. I, I mean, we've we've had some. Shockers to be fair, but how could you get a home strip wrong? Like, you just, I mean, experiment with other strips, but your home strip, you kind of get it wrong, surely. No, you, you get it wrong by sticking brun on the sleeves, that's how you get it wrong. <laughs> um, let's talk about favorite players. Who would uh, who would you have grown up thinking, yep, he's for me, compared to sort of through the season who you've kind of been drawn towards? I mean, I had a, a birthday cake with David Fernandez printed on it. <laughs> five or six. He was one. He was a good player. I was having a look through again this morning, but he was a player there that it kind of went on. Um, was a favourite of mine at the time. But Noel Hunt was probably the first real hero that you kind of watched and gone right. He's one that I really like. Um, you were always used to seeing every week. It was Barry Robson and Noel Hunt were always the United players scoring the goals. Um, and he obviously, as you saying, just really liked winding up Rangers as well. So growing up in Glasgow, that was always a good thing to have. Um, and then we'd seen him at an open day one one year, and then a few days later he joined Reading, and it was just devastated. I was going, I'm not supporting United, I'm going to support Reading forever now, and that didn't last long. But um, no, no, Hunt was just a player there that I really, really enjoyed watching. Obviously scored in that 2008 final, probably the worst goal he ever scored. But <laughs> a sliding tackle. But it plays ahead, doesn't it? And then... Obviously, Mark Kermit on and ruined that for another another final for us. But um, no, Hunt was the one there that was my first real. No, he's the player that I kind of really like watching and, and stuck with. Mm. And since then, I mean, we've had a few, but I'm, <laughs> looking back through some of the players we had when we were in the championship, it was like my god, real, real mess. So, I mean, no one really stands out. As much as he did once he left, I mean, David Goodwillian, he first came through, um, Johnny Russell and Danny Swanson, when names again that had on the back of strips, kind of grown up there, and I mean, that whole team that won the cup, again, every the whole way through it, there wasn't really anyone you went, oh, I don't really like them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now you watched it, there's some players you think, mm. but kind of just everyone really, it's, it's your team, so you're always kind of following them, but I think no one will ever replace No Hunt, really, he's been away for yeah. 15 years, <laughs> whatever it is, retired now, but he was always my favourite, kind of grown up today. <laughs> Great player. Yeah, he was. Great was. player. I've never seen MD just a ball doing just to get the ovation of a crowd, even though the bar was going so, to play. I mean, so pointlessly. What a man. <laughs> what, what a man. What uh, a man. We're on him. Uh, but, was but you're certainly right in terms of the, I mean, some of the players in the championship time. I know you're working different budgets and all that, but mm. surely at times we could have went out and got better players than some of them that were there. I mean, <laughs> I think the first season. It's your first season in there, right? So I will forgive a lot of the players in that first season because we were first season there. But see, once it was your second and, and, and third attempt at it and you're, you're seeing boys like Jordi Briels come in and uh, and Durnan stays for a second season. Like, what is going on there? Like, And Grant Gillespie, I mean, didn't I hear on his head now? Look at him now. Mm, Clearly a turn fight to Turkey. We need to speak to him. So, so, like... It was so disappointing. I mean, I've not even mentioned Emil Link, but was that was that throwing you through? Was that adding years to you? Is probably what I'm getting. Those championship years watching United. 
It was. I mean, I remember turning up for the first league game we went down against uh, Queen of the South and yep. Nick van der Velden turned the boy inside out and scored the great goal and you thought, you know, oh, yeah. we're here. And again, another one that just nothing really really came of him. Obviously, it was in the championship and things weren't great. Um, I remember, though, me and Jonas actually talk about it quite often when we played Brechin in pre-season a few years ago and we had two players on trial. We had um, Adam King. And we had Pablo Gannett, who was an Equatorial Guinea international. The two of them had played that that, that night, sorry. And Gannett had a great game. And we, like, we thought, probably sign him up. And that was the only time we'd ever seen him play. And then we gave him Adam King a three-year deal. And he was just <laughs> rotten. So things like that irritate you a wee bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, by the end of that, you know, that season and the next year, we were thinking, right, we're up, obviously. And then it was a bit better. But some of those championship seasons were just horrific. I mean... Obviously, I was coming for Glasgow to most games, um, but I'd been up in Dundee one weekend, and the first time I went on a bus from, from Dundee for a United game, a supporters bus, we lost 4 0 to Queen of the South, so just things like that. And oh my God. It. It's like, it was a tough few years, um, and hopefully, we're not heading back there, but it's just not to be good at the minute, so it's not something I want to repeat at any point soon. That um, no. that game you mentioned, I obviously remember opening the door to Paul on that Sunday, and he was, he was a broken man. What was it like going back on a bus? After that, and given I used to say it's your first time on the bus for Dundee, so you're you're up for it and whatever, and then that's what we were served up that day. What was so? What was it like? It was strange because a lot of folk had left early. I mean, Jonas, for example, was one of the people with me, and he left at two 0 I mean, another few had left at three 0 um, and then we get back in the pub, and you're angry because you're just you're four 0 down the Queen of the South. Like it's it's not great. So we're back for a pint before the bus. And at the same time, Dundee are playing Plastic Thistle at Dens. Thistle scored, I think, three times in the last 10 minutes to win 3 1. And they're all in the pub celebrating Dundee getting beat. And I'm just thinking, we just lost 4 0 to Queen of the South, and you're cheering that. So I ended up just arguing with everybody, having a go. Rightly so. Don't celebrate that. Um, <laughs> so that was just the best thing. But then you're on the bus, and obviously, once you get a few beers in you, it's kind of just, you just kind of got on with it. Um, but someone that day had been ill and then for the next few weeks we were all just totally out of the game no well so really had an insult to injury and it just it wasn't it wasn't the best weekend Oof. you were low nah. that weekend Paul weren't you terrible terrible it wasn't any but like you're asking Cambo about what it was like on the bus it wasn't any better than the McNichol mobile coming in I think I must have fell with the old man about four times just because he was speaking <laughs> it was just it was just terrible. Like we've covered that game so many times, and I always remember Nielsen coming out after it and saying, "Ah, can that could happen?" Kind of. He didn't quite say four breakaways, but he kind of made it sound like it wasn't as bad. But that's not my memory for the game. Like they had the post, they had the bar. United were dreadful that day. Absolutely stinking. Lucky to only get four. Yeah, I was fucking violent. It's fair to say. The weird thing is as well. Like there's been times sort of since then that. We've went and played games that you would maybe, you know, away games a lot of the time. Like, if you got a point away for him, then it's really good. But sometimes we've went away for him and we've just been battered. And we might only have got about 1 0. But I don't know what it is. Like, or, or even during some good spells and seasons in the championship when you were, you were motoring on really well, we'd then go and get pumped for teams. Like, I'm sure, did Falker give us six, mind? Under a Laszlo team. Oh, how could you but forget? Falker gave us six. And you're looking <laughs> going, five. The what? How, how is this happening? And again, you look back at some of the teams. Shabbat Laszlo. That's how that happened. Brandon Mason. That's how that happened. Paul Quinn. That's how that happened. <laughs> but I mean, that day? 
as well. Ah, against the run of play in about four minutes. How could it be against the run of play in four minutes? But it was. That's a shite we were. Oh, man. Sorry, Campbell. We've totally hijacked your positive spiel that you were giving. <laughs> oh, well, but, I mean, we did start, we were speaking about a 4 0 pumping for Queen in the South, so positive. Let's throw in that. But it was, um, it oh. was a roller coaster at Championship, wasn't it? Did we not go on a great run as well? I'm sure we, we lost After it, that, we did. Yeah. And then won about 10 on beating or something. That's like, yeah, yeah. We needed it, but didn't make it any better at the time. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> no, well, it's some. Well, some absolute drivel of uh, certainly uh, certainly come through to be sure. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk some favourite games. Could be from any seasons. It could be for any particular reason. Just talk us through some of them. Anything that you want to bring up. I mean, you obviously get the kind of derby wins. Um, my first ever derby was the three 0 where Chifty was done for biting Jim McAllister's knee, or wasn't no, done. No, 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 correct you, He kissed the man on the leg. That's what he did. Because like, that's, that's what he said. <laughs> um, I missed the first six too, but it was kind of the second one. Things like that stand out. Um, that three all again that I mentioned again, Rangers was just a great game of football. There was plenty that I've been and watched and kind of enjoyed them. But the favourite one has to be the AZ game for this year. Like the the one nil when obviously not the other one. But, <laughs> make that clear. Come away from Tannadice that night and thinking we're going to really do well this season. That was great, and then obviously what's happened has happened since. But it was it was just fantastic. Like you were on top of the world. Like you've never felt from me anyway. In the time I've been going to watch, obviously cup final wins and things have been great. But that night you were just you were so high in adrenaline from it, and then that happened afterwards. So it's, that's not been great. That was the one that stands out. Um, Aberdeen last year as well. Actually, um, it was my first date with my girlfriend that night. Um, but again, you were so high in adrenaline after the one 0 Korean Hearts had scored late on, where the fan had pushed Ojo and whatnot, and it just it was just kind of full on. It was just the atmosphere of being at Tannadice that night. Another one that was was really just electric. But the Asset game, I think you'll beat that really for me. Um, I mean, the other European games I've been at previously, obviously twenty kind of twenty eleven twelve time were were good and again great nights. But coming away with a win there and being so positive ahead of your trip to Holland next week was brilliant. And then. Come back from all the week, just like, what has just happened to you? So that kind of set, set the, the downward spiral for us a wee bit at the start of this season. Never mind Enough. the highs and lows football throws you through. Who organises a first date after a match? <laughs> well, I was coming for Glasgow, I remember, so I'm not often in Dundee. Oh, two um, months of one stone, as they say. Uh, <laughs> it went well, so we're still together now, a year and a half later, and United won. So, although we didn't win a game again until we beat Ross County about four months later so we were taking full blame for that but Good. now we know yeah. who to blame that's fine uh, and is Mrs Campbell into the football as well? yeah she's a seen ticket holder with mum and sister um, the George Fox as well so always pointing across to us as we're up shouting being very angry <laughs> oh, there he is the again there's the two of them again Campbell and Eunice that's mm-hmm. that Get the toilet, mate. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned obviously Altmar because you, you went as well did you go over? Huh? Yeah, Apart yeah, from the really... 90 minutes, of course, what was your experience like? It was great. Um, I'd just been on holiday a month or two before and I'd been in Amsterdam and thought, I liked it, but it's not sort of place I would go back again unless I really had to. And two weeks later, I was booking flights back to Amsterdam for United <laughs> playing there. So the trip itself was great. I mean, I'd been, I see, I'd been at the um, Slask Rock Club game and the Dynamo Moscow one back in 11 and 12 and seen them at home and then. The Azed game again at home, 1-0, 
this is great. We've got a chance of going here. Just don't get hammered. And then <laughs> <laughs> trip was good. So we'd stayed in Amsterdam. Um, we'd been out with folk and things like four. It was great. And then went through Alkmaar. It's all going well. And then the football was just... I mean, it was just like, what is happening? You were just stunned at the fact that it was 5-0 right in front yeah. of you. Yeah, but we started well. The first yeah. 20 or so minutes, it was all right. They scored in 21, so 20. <laughs> 20 minutes were brilliant. <laughs> Even after the score, that was in a different game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Talk about a collapse. <laughs> and then at <laughs> half time, obviously, he says, keep it tight. Keep eh? it tight. Keep it tight. <laughs> non silly. Nothing for the next three minutes. Boom. Bosh. Six nine. Six down. <laughs> Uh, and then I had to go on the world's longest train back that was a, a, the equivalent of the Edinburgh at Dundee train stop in our place and I was like <laughs> there's a quicker one coming as well and they say right, you've got on this train and we get back to Amsterdam at 25 to 1 and we were staying just the stop beyond Dyax's ground but of course the metro would stop by this point so there was one train that was going to Utrecht I think and they could stop at Ajax's ground we said we'll get off there and just walk the rest of it so I got back I think it was about 25 to 2 by this point. The bearing in mind our flight was at like 9 o'clock in the morning, which wasn't great. So I got back into bed and could not sleep. I think it was about quarter past two. I eventually kind of dozed off, goes up at three o'clock again to then go straight to the airport. You've just lost 7 now, not even 12 hours previous. Just totally stunned at what's happened there. Yeah. Absolutely knackered to then get on a plane back home. And then you were just, I don't know how I managed to last the whole day. I think Dundee were playing our growth that night. Watched that on BBC and then I was in my bed for nine o'clock. Just absolutely shattered. So it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't great, but the trip itself was really, really good. I mean, you're going in the sun to watch to watch your team play. And they're obviously you're playing with, so you're going across with, with plenty of pals and things. Um, my girlfriend, Amy, was there as well. So just things like that. It was just really great memories, a really good trip. But the football was just, <laughs> just awful. Um, and then obviously you're back Thursday and then by the Sunday you're, at Tynecastle and you're again a goal down in about what, 30 seconds and you beat 4-1 there so it wasn't great but the trip itself was good that, the memories that would last that will last a lifetime yeah 100% it was a brilliant trip um, obviously we're talking about the season we'll stay on it again it's been uh, it's like we've never really recovered for that given the, the run we went on you know Hearts at Man Celtic and then somehow managed to beat Livingston doing there in the cup but it's like we've just never recovered for that for that August, and it's 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 been horrendous. I mean, we, me and Paul said it last week. Vars not got us bottom of the league. It's not helped, but it's mm-hmm. just no being good enough overall. No, I mean, still been there almost every week, kind of home and away and things. But I mean, going away and winning one game in the league, and again, that's only Perth just about twenty minutes down the road. It was it's not great. It was again a good afternoon there. We deserve to win that. I was at the Livingston game that you mentioned as well. We don't ever actually seem to win there. Although I've not ever seen us lose at Livingston either, so I'm going to need to keep going when we go there. But That's it's a decent omen, that. That's decent. I know. <laughs> so many people can say that. But um, it's just not brilliant. And I mean, you've sat through the 7-0, watched that to the end. I sat to full time in the 9-0 for whatever reason as well. And then came home and I said, Amy's come in and she's like, oh, let's put on sports scene. No. <laughs> Oh, I missed the ninth goal because it was beautiful. We ended up sitting watching it back again, and it was just it was just torture, wasn't it? So that wasn't a great. Um, but again, I've left other games earlier this season. Sometimes you watch United, and it's just been you're supposed to go to football and enjoy it. And we've been you're putting all your money and things, and it's for what? Half the time, it's like 
you don't mind losing a game if there's fighting, there's a bit of effort, but too often this season that hasn't been the case and it's just it's been tough and how we're still in with the slimmest of shouts of staying up is beyond me again. I mean, even last season when we when we got through to Europe, we didn't really play that great, but we were saved by the fact that Hibs and Aberdeen and teams like that were worse than we were simply. Yeah. Again, this year teams have been slightly better, but it's it's not been the best of seasons. It's great again. You enjoy going every week watching the team, but it's just it's more a case of the day out that's the better thing rather than the football, unfortunately. And the thing is we've got is that kind of spell in October, you know, when I remember me and Paul sitting here going, Right, St Johnson, Aberdeen Hibs, got to start well. We got beat facing St Johnson, you're just thinking, Oh no. But then you know, we get we beat Aberdeen, we beat Hibs, we get a drop at Ross County, and you're thinking things are looking no bad. And then again, you know, we didn't. Uh, well, Kamarnak was in the cup, which on many occasions Paul said this season we've been utter shite doing at Rugby Park. But it, it just it was so frustrating. And then you were getting, you were starting to see, you know, individual errors were really starting to sneak in. You know, four two against Celtic when again probably for what the second time. No, it'd be the only time. Was it the only time this season there? Yeah, it would have been. The scoreline kind of flared it a wee bit because it mm. on paper it was never. You said that at the time, Paul. Four two. It was. Yeah, we we weren't we weren't a great like Celtic could have been quite a few up before they actually went one up, but like they, they didn't take their chances. And the only start that matters as we we go on about is the scoreline. And we went in about the eighty ninth minute of that game on level terms, and still managed to. Lose bad, <laughs> not just one goal, but two goals is. It's just as Campbell said, it's not been it's not been good enough our season, and it probably did start for the Alkmaar away game. Uh, like you boys were probably hung over the next day, but United have been hung over our season on the back of that performance. And apart from a couple of wee possible sprouts of hope, it's just it's just not happened. It's just not happened. I mean. Again, Campbell touched on we're, we're still we're still in the mix. Like we're only two points behind. Somehow, some way, we're only two points behind, mm. and we're two points behind the team that just pumped it about three weeks ago or something. So, like, uh, we can get out of this. There's no doubt we can get out of this. It's still a long shot, as I keep saying, and my own thoughts have changed that many times this season, thinking now we're doomed. Now we might be all right. Now we're doomed. Oh Jesus Christ! And I just didn't can. I just didn't can. At, at certain times in the season, I've just hoped that other teams were worse than us because we were really poor. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully, Goodwin can get a tune at these boys because, like, we're, somehow we are still within within touching distance or saving ourselves. Yeah, and it's been crazy as well, Campbell. I mean, we're on our third manager. Like, were you? How were you when Jack Ross was appointed? Were you? Were you for it? Were you against it? Were you non fussed I didn't like him at other clubs, but I didn't like Jim Goodwin at other clubs either. But I think manager-wise, they seemed to me like a good choice. I mean, Jack Ross, himself certainly experienced it. And you thought, he'll know kind of what he's doing. I mean, I didn't really like Tam Coates, but again, he ended up in not the worst place, but it was, it was eye-bleeding stuff to watch last season. And you thought, oh, Jack Ross would be decent. And then I just think that goes off all the rumours of player revolts and things. We weren't really sure what was going on, but it was just... It looked good on paper and then kind of fell away. And obviously, as everyone's saying, it seemed to be the cheap option getting um, Liam Fox to then take over. And it was just a bit like, we need to change something. And Goodwin, I don't think many United fans liked him. Very hatchet man as he played for St Mirren, obviously. Um, but again, you looked at him and I thought, he's just come in kind of as the scapegoat. And if we get beat, we can blame him and go down. So it's Goodwin's fault, which isn't fair. But you've noticed... 
a difference certainly there's a wee bit more fight and effort and things but ultimately we're still not winning games and mm. that's what has to change I mean I think next Saturday we can kind of accept not getting anything there if that comes but the other three games before the split are big chances and the teams you're playing against again if you're not winning the games you're going to be in trouble so there's a chance there but I'm not the most optimistic at the minute unfortunately be fine. Soon. Be fine. A couple of wins. <laughs> be fine. Honestly, be all right. <laughs> um, see, being a, a kind of younger fan, I know you've you've got a journalism degree in that as well, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, where do you stand on things like XG and all that stuff that Paul doesn't understand? It's the biggest load of shit I've ever heard. Bro, <laughs> yes. I, don't, I just I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's too many folk use it when it's all this and expecting that. See, unless you put the ball in the goal, it doesn't really matter. You could have all the shots in the world all you want. You can go and dominate a team, have all the ball. It doesn't make a difference. As long as you score more goals, you can win the game. That's ultimately all it boils down to. And I think there's too much kind of want to complicate it. Football really is a simple game. Just pass the ball to someone with the same colour strip as you and put it in the other team's net. It's not hard. And there's just too much of it. Of, well, there's fanning about. Well, don't do this, don't do that. It, just keep it simple. It's, it's, in my opinion, it's not so much the fanning about, it's the fact that people maybe out with the playing squad within teams, they hide behind these, ah, oh, but we had 65% possession, ah, oh, but we had seven great chances. I mean, you didn't fucking score any goals. So mm-hmm. you're never going to win a game if you didn't score any goals. It's just, it's it's a frustrating thing that's came into football the last few oh, years. It, does like, my tits it really is. It does my tits in, I hate it. I, could, I can handle a double 10, because they'll help you on games, but I'm <sighs> I'm not in XG. I'm not in any of that shite. Like that. Um, right, give us uh, give us your highest of highs following United and your lowest of lows. You can have one, two, three, you can as many as you like for each category. It's totally up to you. I mean, winning the Scottish Cup has to be number one, obviously. Um, we can only 10 at the time, but I remember the day pretty well. And when you look at United's run through that, obviously, the Rangers game was really the turning point, and then been able to sit and watch Ross County beat Celtic going, if we can beat Wraith Rovers again, another team in the league below, we're in the final here where we're, we're big favourites and, and really should win. And obviously, kind of made it tough for us, certainly. We'd not really many chances in the first half. Obviously, Danny Swanson's kind of mazy run that was blocked to the end. But I think once we got that first goal, you kind of knew where it was heading. And obviously, Goodwillie's goal, one of the best, probably the best I've seen live. Like You could try that 100 times and it would not come off again, but it was just perfect. Um, so winning that obviously is great there and again it's like some of these the European nights I mean the Dynamo Moscow game at Tannadice again just a crazy crazy night that one obviously we everything got on in the Jim McLean stand that night but um, a great game to watch and you think right we've got a chance to go into Russia and again similar to this season we're going to win and get pumped but those kind of nights were great um, the Polish teams we'd played um, Slonsk and Wrocław apparently they're pronounced I've been told but um, we played them and again we won but went out because they've scored an absolute rocket from about 30 yards so again good night watching United but ultimately disappointment in the end so the cup one stands out um, other than that there's not been too much unfortunately it's been obviously winning the championship was good but you'd be expecting that especially after how long it was but um, that takes even that was of- frustrating the way we won it like we just huh. kind of got handed it in the middle of March because the world stopped fucking spinning mm-hmm. it was so frustrating not actually get our day we had seen the team lift the trophy. I mean, wherever that game would have taken place, if it was Tanadice, it would have been full. If it was Capolo, United would have took about 5,000 fans like that. That was a big, big miss. 
that was a high that we were cheated out of. I think by the end, I mean, it had been that long. You were just sort of like, we're up again. Just I didn't even care at that point. It had been, been so long. Just I mean, some of those away trips in the championship, you'd gone to grounds that you'd not been to too often before. They were good to go to. It was good away trips yeah. again. But ultimately, you just wanted to be back playing in the league we United should be, really. And we've, we've got there again. And it's, it's different when you've been... I enjoyed going to the likes of Capital and you've said Queen of the South. Another one, really, apart from the 4-0 game, was always a place I enjoyed going. Um... But getting back to your kind of Pataudries and, and Pinecastle, especially places like that, obviously Celtic and Rangers maybe not the best um, the best place to watch as an away fan, but you're, you're seeing your team again playing at these big grounds, so it's just a case of like, get us back up. And, and it's the fact that it's now three years ago, again, it's, it's crazy in itself, but yeah. um, I, was, I was I enjoyed that season as a whole, so it was good to kind of eventually get us back up, but it was just like, right, good, just get us there. I don't care if I see the trophy or not, it was done, so that was kind of the main thing for me. What about your lows? There's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Every second week. <laughs> I mean, relegation obviously wasn't a great one. And then mm. with them across the road claiming it was them and whatnot doesn't help. Um, the worst for me, though, is that 2008 Cup final. The CIS won with Rangers. I mean, you're not expecting to beat Rangers or Celtic at Hamden, as you've said yourself earlier, but... They played really well that day and to be ahead with that goal. You thought, right, we're going to win this, obviously. <sighs> I can still see Mark Kerr, do you think? Just look. It doesn't matter how many times you've watched, if you just turn and have a look, but obviously that's not going to change now, is it? And then to get ahead again, to then throw it away again, you thought, right. And even at penalties, there's a chance here. They're right in front of us, obviously, but just wasn't to be coming away. I was only eight years old that afternoon. I remember standing in the concourse at Hamden in tears. Um, Dad was talking to some pal of his that he bumped into, but it was just like it's just it was gutting. Second, that was horrific. I mean, the Celtic one a few years ago before that was the same, but I think it was only five or six at the time, so it wasn't quite as bad as that one. Um, 2014 one again. I remember leaving Ibrooks after the semi final, and there was a couple in front of us, and he's saying we want Aberdeen in the final for the atmosphere and St Johnson for the win. And I thought, right, St Johnson beat Aberdeen, great, and then we just again. You knew it wasn't going to be a day of it inside the bar, the inside of the post. It just wasn't happening. And then, again, we've given away a goal because we've, we keep on running away out, getting nowhere near it. And just another one of those afternoons where it was like, oh, what are you supposed to do? And then obviously, 9-0 yeah. this season there. They're not great either. So <laughs> No. <laughs> too many to count. But I mean, those, <laughs> those top final defeats were really gun when Because club like us were not winning that much, are we really? Um so when you get the chance, you want to take it. And obviously, United have lost a lot of cup finals even before I was born. But mm-hmm. once they won, especially, you look, we really should be winning that, and just just couldn't put the ball in the net. Yeah, you're right about uh, the old firm games, but I, I still kind of believe we didn't win in 2014. Just too many boys never turned up that day, but that squad should have won. They, I mean, they should have mm-hmm. won, and that's I'm not letting the boot into St John's or whatever. I mean, but you, you look at the teams and you go, how? There were no one. Fraser Wright has a Scottish Cup winners medal. Stevie Fraser Banks has Wright. got three. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. <laughs> we're on the park. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you look at that team, and I was, uh, I was speaking to my granddad about this last week, and that was probably that was the, he he was at loads of cup finals. Obviously, they, they saw them lose and stuff, and he'd sort of trundled out on his day out to go to that match, and it was. Uh, and he was like, "I've come because I'm going to see win the league, uh, win the win the win the cup, you know." Because he wasn't there in 2010, but he was there in '94, whatever. 
and, I, and he's thinking it's been 30 year if that's quick mass 20 year it would have been and just it just didn't happen like, could he still be in there now I think we scored and it was yeah. such a frustration yeah. such a frustration that day um, but to think that's nine years ago now <laughs> it's been a while it's been a while uh, before we finish off we always like to find out uh, of it used to be a five-a-side team it's now your ten and sixes team from players that you have seen play the only rule is you need a goalkeeper you can do anything you like with the rest of the team what are you going ultra for? defensive a flat back five in your ten and sixes <laughs> come on <laughs> I mean these are they're not necessarily my favourite players from it but playing fives each week you can, you're getting, you're getting used to what's going on there watching it so I'd pick these on a team that would do well in a kind of smaller space and you need a lot of technical players you need kind of someone that's just going to be kind of different I mean we've had plenty of good goalkeepers in my time at United we've had some not so good keepers in there <laughs> I mean you look at obviously the likes of Dusan Penny we've had with Nicky Weavers or Luska Seagrass really really good players but going for this I've got Gregor Shamatulski in goal just for the yes. fact that a head case and when you're playing on a smaller pitch like that, he would just be, he'd be putting folk off He'd be perfect man for being out in for playing six and nine. So, Tilski in goal just because he was he was off. He's not one they like. It's crazy. We're having that. The Mad Monk is in. Um, I've had a pretty attacking team, really. Um, United have had some some good defenders there, but again, the year we won the cup, obviously Andy Webster as captain. I've got him in there just as. His reading of the game was just perfect. He was a defender that would just defend first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe more about the XG we're talking about. That United team was just simple football. Defenders that will just defend. Yep. Quick wingers, two midfielders that can kind of go box to box, a tall striker and a small striker. It just worked perfectly. Yeah. And Webster at the, the heart of that defence worked perfectly. So he'd be at the heart of my sixth defence as well. Nice. Watching the, the chilled out nature Andy Webster playing in front of Guy Shamatolsky. Can't wait. Ne- <laughs> um, again, midfield. I've got Barry Robson is my first name because again, somebody's got an elbow in the bus. You need a bit of dig about you when you're playing these kind of games, and Robson had that. But equally, he knew where the goal was as well. Like it was kind of your, your typical box-to-box midfielder that just worked it perfectly. Scored plenty of goals for United, as I said earlier on, of course. And again, can also get back defence. So I've got him in front there. I can. The next three was, there's been so many really good players we've had at United in the time of watches. Um, but I've got Ryan Gold here again just because he could, honestly, he'd find space anywhere. And again, you need that on a small pitch. So mm-hmm. I've probably put too much thought into this. But I've got Gold in there alongside uh, Barry Robson just because, again, like I say, he can, he'll find space and he'll be able to yep. pick passes and also find the net in these sort of games. So, yeah, Shamatulski, Webster, Robson, Gold. And then front two, again, going with the same kind of idea for Ryan Gold, I've got Johnny Russell. Oh. Um, was one that I'd actually kind of forgotten about until I was sort of thinking who it had in there. I mean, there's plenty of good strikers I say like we could have picked. But again, Russell, another one that is he's, he's bought his feet, would just find space. And there was a few goals. He scored one against Hibs at the start of the 2012. Yeah. I think it was. He scored one again against Inverness, but it was just kind of quick feet to get in the bit. And it's their goals that are stuck in my head, and I thought he'd be good. Mm-hmm. A six aside there. Um, and picking one beside him was tough. I mean, I thought of kind of you look at the cup winning teams like Goodwill and Daly were players there that could obviously could find the net and things. Uh, Lauren Shankland again was on obviously um, Scotty last guest his team as well. But 
Alongside Russell, I've put Nadia Chifty just to get yes. mad so, so you you have got the, the furthest back player as a madman and the furthest forward player as a madman. I'm loving I would pay to see this team. I would pay to see this That's team in the head arena. That's an exciting team. Anything can happen. <laughs> <laughs> So hi, it's a, a one-two-two formation, but it's kind of you roam around when you're playing five and six or something, don't you? So that's the team that I think would do reasonably well. Um, uh, I think so. If they if they didn't have out with each other, I think that would mm-hmm. be that would be the winner of whatever that's tournament they were in. Just calm them down. He's so, going to hit. Her. He's going to hit. Her. <laughs> wow. I've taken note of that that's, that's a fine team. that's a cracking that, team that is a good team Pusses will be punched can't wait <laughs> Fair. from all sides <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh, let's come before we let you go you've touched on a little bit there's uh, not many games left nine games to go well I count the nine games Paul says it's only eight um, how do you see it panning out I don't know Genuinely, I mean, we left Rugby Park after the one nil defeat a few weeks back, and it was it was a strange atmosphere. Like you're, you've seen United lose, and you've seen kind of anger towards the board and the club and things. That atmosphere that night was just it was there was something different. You can away just thinking this everything's kind of going against us. And obviously, we've since had a change of manager and a bit more positivity and things. But I left that night was like that's we're just away. There was no no fight or anything there. I don't want to stick by it, but I kind of have been. But again, there's been a bit of positivity. If we can turn these draws into wins, there's a chance there. Um, I mean, I've had too many folks just thinking, oh, no, oh, we get a draw. We wouldn't come back and get a draw like we previously. Oh, so the draw was not too bad. It's still no three points. It isn't enough for what we need to do. So hopefully not down, but it's, it's the word I've got written here just now. So we'll see. There's a chance there, but it just depends if we can turn these results into into three points and hopefully other teams don't win either but the problem is you can rely on other teams so I don't know it could go either way but I'm not not overly hopeful Thank you very much to Campbell there or Campbell Finlayson if you will seeing as it's Sunday and we've recorded this today the Lord's Day we'll give him his full name and uh, to be honest with you Rondo that is I kind of see many people coming up with a better tenant six aside than what Campbell's just gave us there that is an absolute beaster. Half a, half a decent like. There's, that, that is just tangerine chaos. That's, that is what that is. That is open the door, throw the grenade in, shut the door, see what, see what happens. left. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, cracker. Absolute cracker. If you'd uh, like to be a fan guest, you can drop us a slide in those DMs uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. We're at Dude Fox Podcast. Uh, and we're always, always happy to have guests on so uh, thanks Campbell for uh, coming on today final bit of business then on this day in association with the Arab Archive preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006 I've got a bit of a beezer for you today right 27th of March the focus I've got two games I've got two sign-ins and I've got two birthdays for you there we go we begin this week in 1982 brilliant year and despite lying in 6th place 12 points by leader Celtic we weren't mathematically out of the title race however a European spot was now the more realistic target 
Jim McLean made only two changes from last week's trip to Petaudry. Ralph Milner and Morris Malpass came in for Eamon Bannon and Billy Kirkwood. There was also some reshuffling within the starting 11. Uh, due to Richard Goff was moved into the centre of defence alongside Paul Hegarty with Dave Neary pushed forward into midfield role as Morton came to town. A Paul Sturrock double is 2-0 up after 15 minutes uh, at Tanadice. Then just nine minutes into the second half, he completed his first ever senior hat-trick when he crashed home United's third. Just one minute later, Ralph Milne rifled with a 20-yarder pass to Heroic Baines. He then grabbed a second when he finished off a scintill- scintillating move. That's a big for a Sunday. In the 72nd minute to complete a comprehensive victory and a 5-0 pumping. To 2010, and after the jubilation of the previous Wednesday's Cup success over Rangers, there were fears of a hangover as United welcomed a buoyant Motherwell side to Tanadice. The Steelmen arrived in Dundee in fine fettle, having won eight of their last 11 games during an unbeaten run that stretched to the turn of the year, enabling them to climb to fourth place just a point behind United. However, United stopped that unbeaten run in its tracks with a magnificent 3-0 win. And all the more impressive... In light of Paul Dixon's dismissal after just 16 minutes, we know the instant well, Mr McNichol, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Kung Fu Dixon. In the 38th minute, Conway's testing delivery was met by the unopposed Andy Webster, whose header was goal-bound before Goodwillie made sure from close range. The goal galvanised United and it was even better five minutes later when the lead was doubled. Prince Bobbin chased down a Stephen Craig in back pass. Keeper Ruddy looked uneasy before miscontrolling the ball. Bobbin won possession. He sold Ruddy a dummy. Then he stuck the ball in the empty net from nine yards to give United a commanding half-time lead. After 73 minutes, Motherwell won a corner. However, the set-piece came to nothing. United hit them on the break. Conway played the ball out to Goodwillie on the right. He travelled with the ball, fed Swanson into the centre. Defence opened up for the midfielder, who confidently finished from the edge of the box to score the third that ensured victory. And it was United 3, Motherwell 0. United were brilliant that day. Absolutely brilliant. They were better for 17 minutes on. They had, well, they had to be, because they were just let down massively by some dumpling going about Kung Fu and boys. Uh, Unbelievable scenes that early in tag game. Our signings today made a combined total of 11 appearances, which is enough for Paul to pick them for Who Am I? Yes. The first one was brought to Scotland on trial in 1992. He was a former Argentina under-19 international, and he joined fellow countrymen Victor Ferreira and Walter Rojas by sending a deal at Tanadice for a fee based on performances. We must have never paid any money, as he only played twice. He left the following month. On this day, in 1992, we signed Jose Luis Pochettino. I remember the name. I can't uh, say that I remember actually seeing him. I do not. No. Next up, a player who will not be forgotten. And I say that not in the sincere way of a legend's passed on, but you'll get the gist. He first appeared at Tanadice as a trialist in Sean Dillon's testimonial match before scoring a 30-yard screamer in the second leg of the playoff quarter-final against Morton. He was rough around the edges. He was a bit bonkers. He was capable of the magnificent. He ticked all the cult hero boxes. 
He also told DUTV that when he's match fit, he's the best player in his position in the world. He then had a complete meltdown on the pitch. On this day, 2017, we signed Wato Kuate. What position on the pitch was his then, if he was the best at it? Part, is, it part, is it something that we've well, we've, no, we've not heard uh, about yet? Apparently he was a defensive midfielder, now, so who knows? Here we're crying out for him. <laughs> is he free? What's is he, he available? He's bound to be available. And he has just <laughs> bounced around the clubs. Uh, we, we could do with a defensive midfielder. Some, some, somebody that's off the wall. Uh, Somebody that's just ready to crack, boys. He is currently a defensive midfield midfielder for Italian Serie D club, Atletico Uri. So uh, there you go. So he's n- so. Would it be fair to surmise then that he's no the best player in the world in his position? That's that's what I'm getting. Or, or are we being harsh? Or are we being harsh? <laughs> Our birthdays then. Uh, and these two players are the same age, by the way, right? And I can't quite believe it, right? The first one only made one appearance for United. Jackie McNamara gave him his debut against Aberdeen, final home game of the season, and Scott Vernon scored a hat trick against them. Right. I'll uh-huh. tell you the age after this as well, and I'll tell you who it is, right? Our other birthday boy, just bear in mind these are both the same age, right? Our other mm-hmm. birthday boy should have been brilliant for us. Like he should have been brilliant, but injury meant we only actually seen him in the United shirt thirty six times. Right, turning thirty years old today are Mark McCallum and Fraser Fivey. <laughs> Fivey's only thirty. I can't believe Mark McCallum's only thirty. I mean, he was a young lad at least, like Fivey. Yeah, but how 30. many? But this is what I'm saying, though. I thought like. I thought Mark McCallum had been playing at far, 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 like about 20 years. Like it felt felt that way, right? Yeah. And Fraser Five is only 30 and a can that that's a surprise. Not so much McCallum for me, but Fivey only being 30. He injury just just uh just ruined what he could have been. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. Oh. Uh, and and even even for us, like I'm on about his health career, but even for us, like he was I think the, the the two games, I think one of them was against Livingston and then the next one was St. Martin, where Fivey, it was a foolish tackle, like a foolish challenge. It was his he tackle, he made the tackle, didn't he? Yeah. He injured himself and then the next game, I think Scott Fraser broke Fraser. his foot. Yep. And that just gubbed us. I I think we might have won the league that season we if they have, had stayed fit. We would have went up yeah, that like, year. Yeah, like you you can never say definitely. Like You, you just didn't know, but... My opinion is I think that we would have won the league that season if they hadn't picked up the injuries that they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just on uh, Wato Kuwati, by the way, right? Um, obviously, we go to the Arab Archive. Has he just been punted? For, we've, got <laughs> the Arab, we've got the Arab Archive for our info and stuff, right? And obviously, you see, you know, he's oh, signed March 27th, right? Cool. First manager, Ray McKinnon, played nine times, scored a goal, fine. There's these other clubs. And then always go to the biography and see what else to say about it. Clicked on the biography. There is no bio for this player yet. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. You should write it, Rondo. You should write it. An Focus ab- on the positives. An absolute fucking cannon. <laughs> yeah. Offered a square go to Dylan and Dernan oh. in this same match. That oh. needs to be in the bio. Come on, Arab Archive. Unbelievable stuff. Anyway, 
that is it for us. Thank you very much to Campbell for coming on. Uh, we are in the midst of a Scotland double header. They have got three points on the board, and on Tuesday night they face Spain in the Euro qualification. Then we are off to Ibrox on Saturday to face the Rangers. Uh, we're at Door Fox Podcast on social media. Do have a great week. Do stay safe. Don't forget to wash your hands. And more importantly, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm.